Okay, I'm just diving in. I'm gonna do a quick podcast episode and I'm gonna tell you why. I kind of feel boxed in now because I have applied to get advertisers for this podcast because I wanna like up my game, I wanna commit to it, I wanna make this a real thing, I want it to, you know, be worth my while at the same time. And in order to do that, I have to have a schedule, right? So obviously, <laughs> so my monthly podcasts weren't gonna cut it anymore and I said that I was going to do them every other week, which was like the bare minimum. Um, and so I started doing that and then for whatever, I, I honestly don't know why, I decided to do a podcast episode last week, which was after just one week. I, I honestly don't know what inspired me to do that. Usually I, oh, I know why. Because for a second I was like, I'm gonna podcast every single week, just like Stassi Schroeder. I'm from Vanderpump Rules. And it's gonna be about my, the fuck it diet and my entire life, which, you know, it basically already is. And I was like, I'm gonna rename it to the fuck it pod with Caroline Duner. And, but I can't yet because I have this application in to, you know, get advertisers and I can't change, <laughs> I can't like change the name right now, though I probably will, which I've done a million times and it's literally a joke at this point. So anyway, if you're new here, just know that this podcast is only slightly educational and mostly um, like an experience, like an annoying experience basically, uh, with like 5% education. 5% fuck a diet education, 95% um, how do I find the thing that I was gonna read, okay? My name is Caroline Duner. <laughs> I am your host, for better or for worse. I am the author of the fuck a diet book and the creator of the fuck a diet, which now is legitimately a registered trademark with the little the little R with a little circle around it. It just became officially registered on December 17th and it's very exciting. It feels, it doesn't really change anything. <laughs> like nothing, nothing like big happened or happens, but it feels nice. It feels very nice. Okay, this is, this is what we're doing today though. I get asked all of the time on social media on Instagram that grows exponentially, which is so cool. It's so great that it grows exponentially and that there are so many new people every day, every week. But people are confused and they're new to the fuck a diet and they're new to intuitive eating and they're new to the whole concept. And then I post something that's like, let me look, let me give an example. So say whatever my latest post was, hold on, Instagram.com, Instagram.com slash. The fuck a diet. So say they see, um, like overthinking your hunger and fullness is still a diet. And they're like, interesting, interesting. I'm going to follow. But they don't really understand what I'm talking about because I'm sharing one line and I'm saying this is a big one and it's a trap a lot of people fall into. If you're trying to control it, it's not intuitive eating or the fuck a diet. You're allowed to just eat. So someone who is completely new to the fuck a diet or to the, even the concept of an anti-diet or the concept that diets don't work or that intentional weight loss is gonna keep backfiring over and over and over again no matter how many diets you put yourself on, 
I understand that people are new to this and they're following, you know, I, I do this with other accounts on other subjects. They're following my account to be like, let me see if I can learn something. And just from my Instagram alone, you're not going to learn super in-depth, right? Because I really, I don't use Instagram as a blog. I don't do big, long captions that explain things. And I very intentionally share very short, quippy things. I know a lot of people share longer things. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard to explain why diets don't work. It quickly. It's impossible, which is why, and it, and it honestly gives me anxiety. I get anxiety when someone asks a question and they expect a really quick answer or they ask a question in a comment and it's just impossible to give a full, robust, nuanced answer that, that it needs to really explain and to really get the point across. It's impossible and it gives me anxiety because I feel like I should be able to do it. I feel like I should be able to just sit there like answering with like all of the studies from my book and all of the information and all of the many steps that it takes to even just begin to explain this in the first place. And it's impossible. It is impossible. And then even if I take the time, like say I do a Q&A and I... Um, and I start answering some questions in depth that just so quickly, like uh, on an Instagram story, say it goes away. And even if I save it as a highlight, which I have, I have like a whole Q&A highlight. Nobody goes and, and, and watches it. And it's just like on Instagram, it's so frustrating because all of your efforts get buried so quickly because and I have learned recently that that Philadelphians say bury wrong. They say bury, like to be buried in the ground. Because I think, first of all, burrow. Second of all, it's a U, not an E or an A. But apparently the correct pronunciation of the word B-U-R-Y is bury, which is stupid. So I say it wrong, bury. And everybody laughs at me. <sighs> okay. Um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is Instagram and social media get buried, buried really quickly. It moves so fast and all of your efforts just go away. And it, it genuinely does give me anxiety. And even when my book was coming out, I had all this anxiety because with, with the like the interviews I was doing and with the um, the press that I was maybe going to get with with people asking me questions like it's so hard to explain it all in a thousand words you know even a thousand words which is a lot for instagram um it takes a whole book it takes all of the different pieces explaining all of all of the different facets of how our body responds to diets how our minds respond to diets why we believe it works why we're so resistant all of the stuff we believe about weight all of the the pain points that we have around weight there's so much there's so much to explain and in some ways i think i do explain it really well but in other ways i get really really overwhelmed because i want to be able to explain it really succinctly but naturally there are so many follow-up questions and there need to be lots of follow-up answers and it takes a lot of time and it's really hard to do so it's not simple <sighs> wow this is a lot. So what I would like to do today is I would like to give a little intro spiel 
But at the same time, if you're looking for even more, obviously the most comprehensive way that I explain why diets don't work and what to do instead in a way that I really truly believe gets through to people and is the most, it is, it is the most effective way I have ever come up to explain it and the most thorough way is my book, The Fuck A Diet, which I definitely do recommend reading if you haven't read it. The other thing is that you can go to thefuckadiet.com slash free and you can read the beginning of the book for free. You can um, get my three free intro lessons, which answer the question, am I addicted to food or am I addicted to dieting? And explains the three big lessons that I start off the fuck a diet with. Oh my God, this is like literally like making me out of breath because it does stress me out. Like it really does stress me out. And I would, I was really hard on myself when my book was about to come out. And when my book had just come out, because I felt really insecure that I wasn't good at explaining it really quickly. But the reason for that is because it's impossible to explain really quickly. It is impossible to explain really quickly. And every time I even see someone try to explain just a facet of it without without addressing all of the very understandable follow-up questions that people have when they're presented with such a such a reverse such a like completely um, seemingly counterintuitive um, answer and explanation for why diets don't work um, without without all of without all of the pieces it falls short and people just say oh well, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna do portion control then if diets don't work. Okay, I understand that. I, you know, I won't cut out carbs completely, but I'll just do portion control without explaining all the reasons that that is still probably going to backfire on you, especially if you have a history of dieting, without explaining all of the nuances of that and all of the nuances of emotional eating and all the nuances of binging and mental restriction and, the beliefs that we have about weight and the fears we have about weight gain and the reason that that's going to get it's just it goes so deep and i genuinely get anxiety because i understand i understand how resistant people are and i understand how many questions that they're going to have and how many but what about this and that is what i tried very hard to do as well as i could in my book and i think i did a pretty good job of course, there's always more because this is a like a never-ending subject, but I do get anxiety. I get anxiety because I understand why people have resistance and I feel like I don't have the time or the energy to... Oh, it's just a lot. I think, I think I'm going a little bit insane with my current setup uh, with social media because it's just, it just keeps on growing and people are very demanding and rude. <laughs> And um, it's hard. It's hard. It's a lot. And you don't get paid to do social media. You only get paid if they actually buy your book, you know? <sighs> so anyway, I'm exhausted. But what we're going to do right now is I'm going to explain or I'm going to read my latest post. And this is an intro, intro, intro to why diets don't work. Okay. Number one. And, and please, please, 
that's not number one. I'm, I'm saying this before I start number one. Please understand, this is still an intro. Because the only way to fully explain with the depth that, you know, I, I can, I, you know, the, the, <laughs> the in-depth that I think it needs and deserves is to literally read you my book, which I cannot do because it's, it is copyrighted, okay? All right. It's being leased out to HarperCollins, so you must buy the book. I cannot read it to you on here. Okay, but I can read it to you by the audiobook. All right, okay, so this is like, this is, uh, you know, this isn't even spark notes. This is just an intro, okay? Number one, our bodies are wired to push us off any diet or restriction. It is a biological advantage for famine survival, and it's a good thing. But that is why dieting is so hard for people and why we get so hungry and it's why we can't stop thinking about food and why we binge and why we almost always gain the weight back it's because we are wired that way so number two what counts as restriction this could be calorie restriction this could be this could be macronutrient restriction like keto which is restricting carbs completely cutting them out completely which is very hard to do anyway. Okay, whatever. Um, time restriction, like intermittent fasting. Any overthinking or micromanaging of eating, of eating amounts or times or eating or food purity. Um, Over-exercising is a form of restriction because you are trying to burn off more than you're eating, which inherently means that you're not eating enough, if you know what I mean. Overthinking and over worrying about hunger and fullness. Yes, which is the um, which is the like intuitive eating diet. And I put that in quotes because as soon as you turn it into a diet, it's not intuitive eating anymore. And any kind of intentional weight loss. So number three, dieting and restricting make us feel and act addicted to food and carbs and sugar very often because that's fast, fast, fast fuel. It feels very real. It feels very out of control, but it is just the state we're in when our body is screaming indiscriminately for food. Please don't let us die this way. That's what your body's saying. I was trying to act, but that was kind of annoying. I kind of annoyed myself. Please don't let us die this way. That's like better. Okay. All right. The first one was too sad. Number four, our culture has a disordered relationship to weight, which gives us a very disordered relationship to food. So we have to unlearn all of the things we've learned about weight, especially as it relates to health. And this requires way more than an Instagram post or even a blog post. But our relationship to weight is fucked up and it's based on faulty information. Weight is not a direct result of our habits, and you cannot tell someone's habits or health by looking at them. That widespread belief is simplistic, and it causes a lot of harm. Our healthy weight range is very genetic and can only be manipulated so much. Like There's only so much that you can manipulate it without consequences and doing harm. So this is one of those examples where I know that someone's going to say, but... I lost 15 pounds and kept it off and I don't believe that we don't have control over our weight. 
right? But again, that's not, we have a, a range, right? And so just because you were able to lose 15 pounds and be the weight that you are doesn't mean that somebody else is going to be able to do the exact same thing that you did and look exactly like you because we do have different genetic blueprints, okay? And that's really important to be aware of. Just because you were able to drop two pant sizes doesn't mean that everybody else is going to be able to get to the pant size that you have following the same plan or that they should, Like, just because you were able to do it doesn't mean that A, anybody should have to do it or that anybody can. Does that make sense? (sighs) Okay, let me move on. Can you tell that I'm, like, agitated? It's because people are, like, getting really mad at me on Instagram today. One of the things that somebody said um, was that (laughs) last night I posted a cake that said, spoiler your keto diet will backfire. And somebody literally commented, wow, way to not support the people of the keto diet. And I genuinely did think it was a joke at first because it sounded so absurd, like the people of the keto diet. And I literally responded, the people of the keto nation, question mark. And by then I realized that it wasn't a joke because I went to her Instagram page and it said, low carb keto ish on the thing on her you know bio and you know anyway so there's that there's people literally I mean this is to be expected but but the thing that's more exhausting to me really and I could let it not be exhausting I could ignore it I mean my god Christy Harrison doesn't even have open dms why the fuck do I have open dms I don't know because sometimes I do find it fun sometimes I like hearing from people But I think for the most part, it's driving me insane. And so I think that my time might be limited with open DMs. But someone else, so I posted about Noom today because one of the, um, well, basically Noom is now trying to co-opt the anti-diet, not, it's not a diet. I mean, every diet does that. I'm not a diet. We're a lifestyle. This is not a diet. This is better than other diets because of this reason. And this is the reason that ours is going to work for good. Blah, blah, blah. That's like how all diets position themselves. But Noom is actually out there saying um, that it's the (laughs) anti-diet. It's like reboot your diet plan with the anti-diet. And it's like, this is not, that doesn't even make any sense. And it's just wrong. And it's like, It's so brazen. It's so brazen. Okay. I have never done Noom. I've, I, I never even like went to, you know, really do any research on it because I genuinely, I generally don't care for myself, but people ask me all the time, what about Noom? What about Noom? And according to my colleagues, my peers in the anti-diet world, here are some very alarming things about Noom. First of all, Noom is a diet. Second of all, I'm going way off script right now because I just feel like it. Noom is definitely a diet, even if they call themselves not a diet for whatever fucking reason. Noom puts women on 1,200 calories a day, which is what a three or four-year-old child needs. And men on 1,400 calories a day. Please take note that men on the Minis- in the Minnesota starvation experiment, which I talk about in my book, uh, they were put on 1,600 to 1,800 calories a day. So 200 to 400 calories more than what they're put on for Noom. 
And they literally became emaciated and like had major health consequences and were essentially, were, were starving, genuinely. And the people who had the opportunity to cheat, they went off the compound that they were on, the study compound, um, and they drank like a million milkshakes because that's what you did in the 1940s. You drank milkshakes. You didn't have that many options. It was the milkshake. It was a time of milkshakes, of like soda shops and milkshakes. Um, also, milkshakes are like a, like a really solid way of like getting in as many fucking calories as you can. So A, Noom is malnourishment, which is not good for you. Not short term, not long term. Okay? Especially not long term. Um, secondly, they, they rate foods green. This is just like the Curbo app, apparently. They rate foods green, good, uh, yellow, medium good, <laughs> medium bad, and red bad. And that inherently is also a diet. There are foods you're allowed to eat. There are foods you're not supposed to be eating. Okay. They also claim to um, not be a diet because they're helping you with behavior modification and they're, they're using cognitive behavioral therapy to help you become aware of why you're overeating, right? Well, fuck, man. Uh, if you're eating over 1,200 calories a day, if you're like have the urge to overeat because you're literally starving yourself, CBT isn't going to do shit and it's not the right thing at all because basically this is the whole myth. The whole myth is that we're all monsters and we're addicted to food and it's emotional, right? And if we just heal the emotional and behavioral reasons that we overeat, we'll become healthy and beautiful and happy. And that is not the reason that we overeat. At the core, most of us are overeating, especially when we're on a diet, just simply because we are malnourished. And then even when we try to stop dieting, it's because we're still not eating enough or we don't really believe that we're allowed to be eating. So that's the mental restriction piece. Okay. So anyway, these are all the reasons that Noom is definitely, definitely a diet. And somebody commented saying that it's a so I posted that Noom is not an anti-diet right and somebody posted and said wow bashing other companies is really a bad look and I was like fuck off I am so exhausted by Instagram today I am so exhausted but ironically I spent like the whole morning being like okay I'm not going to um I'm not going to give it <laughs> I'm not going to give an intro post every time somebody asks me to like explain why diets don't work. But here I am doing it because I know that people want it, know that people crave it. I know that I know that we just like click on the easiest thing to click on. So I get it. And I do think that every now and then I should be doing it. Okay, let's go over the basics. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why the fuck a diet is what the fuck a diet is. And so that's what this is, my friends. That is what this is. Let's get back to my list. All right, so I just explained that our culture has a disordered relationship to weight. And so there's a lot that we need to do to begin to unpack that. And I really think that that's the hardest and most important part. There's a lot here. And um, if you are completely new to this, 
as usual, I recommend that you read my book, but I also recommend that you um, look into Health at Every Size, which is a book, but also just like go to their the website. The website is, let me just make sure that I'm doing the right website. Oh, the website is sizediversityandhealth.org. I thought it was ASDA, Association for Size Diversity and Health, but the actual, the actual like www is sizediversityandhealth.org. Okay. Let's get back to what the hell I was doing. Number five, weight loss is not always healthy and weight gain is not always unhealthy. The whole point of the fuck a diet and of health at every size and of intuitive eating is focusing on behavior changes and not like noom behavior changes, but like actual, um, actual self-care, learning to feed yourself healthfully and by healthfully I actually mean amply and normally and and healing your relationship to food which begins with not dieting at all and getting out of that cycle completely um finding joyful movement if that's possible for you um when the time is right because I do think that it can take time for your body to even be ready for that especially if you have been restricting and under eating for long enough, there is often a period where you need to rest and repair your metabolism. Just imagine you were on a famine. What would you need to do? You would need to not go to the gym for just a little bit or ever again, really. Um, I'm a fan of not no gyms. Exercise sounds gym. Okay. Number six, the fuck it diet, which is what I write about is for chronic dieters who have seen diet, who have experienced dieting, dieting. Wait, let me say that again. The fuck a diet is for chronic dieters who have seen and experienced diets failing too many times and have seen what happens to their bodies, their minds and their health when they keep trying diet after diet. So I really think it's hard to fully step out of the cycle and really believe that it doesn't work until you've seen how fucked up it is and how miserable it is firsthand, unfortunately. Of course, I would love for, you know, teenagers to just immediately fuck it and never diet, but in the culture that we live in, unfortunately, because being thin is still like such a, what's the word I'm looking for? Such a status symbol and like so, Molly, please stop. Okay, Molly's right next to me, little, little Molly. And she keeps scratching me because she's demanding being pet. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Okay, so the fuck is also aligned with intuitive eating. But It's also speaking to the people who turned intuitive eating into a diet, which a lot of people do at first, especially if they're not working with somebody who is trained in it and who understands that it really is not meant to be a means of weight loss. It is not meant to be a way to like obsessively listen to your hunger, et cetera, et cetera. People very, very 
easily and quickly um, twist all of the intuitive eating tools into another way to lose weight and to eat less. And I did that for years. I did that for six years. And it was miserable. I cried all of the time because I was so hungry. (laughs) Hilarious. Okay, number seven. After dieting or restricting, it is normal and healthy and important to eat a lot of food and to crave a lot of food. It is a normal part of the process. And it's a part where a lot of people get freaked out or stuck or stuck thinking that this can't be healthy and then they abandon ship and they say, intuitive eating doesn't work for me, the fuck it diet doesn't work for me because I'm a food addict and I'm too hungry and it can't be good. But it's actually just a, a, res- a direct response to the months and or most likely years and sometimes decades of yo-yo dieting and restricting. Number eight, I hear this all the time, but I'm less of a dieter and I'm more of a binger. Well, my friend, you're in luck because the fuck it diet is definitely a million percent geared towards bingers. In fact, most dieters, even casual dieters are bingers. And it's, I would say that the people who diet and don't binge are um, over in the camp of like restrictive eating disorder more, like are a little bit more closer to the anorexia side of this equation. And of course, the binging is the other side of the coin of under eating. But if you're really able to like control that, um, it's usually just a form of disordered eating or an eating disorder, unfortunately. Number nine, but I'm an emotional eater. Aha, emotional eating. I th- I already said this on this podcast episode, but emotional eating is a way better drug and better drug makes it sound like a good thing, but I mean that in a bad way. It's a way better drug when you're dieting or have a weird relationship with food. And you can't heal emotional eating with more restricting because restricting just makes emotional eating more addictive. I also talk a lot about emotions in my book. It's like a big piece of the puzzle. Um, So I definitely recommend you check that out if you haven't because it is important to feel your emotions and to have other coping mechanisms but restricting food is still not the way and number 10 (laughs) this is kind of funny this is like my 10 my 10 principles number 10 because there's only 10 here guilt around food also known as mental restriction or that's what I call it at least can keep us stuck in the dysfunction around food as well. And it can also lead to binging, and it often does lead to binging. Guilt around food makes us feel like another diet might be coming, which can wire us to fixate on food without any actual physical restriction. So when we say, hey, I'm really not restricting at all, but I'm still like really, really going nuts on food and just eating everything in sight, It's either because you're just at the beginning and your body's in the like feed me, feed me stage and you just need to surrender to it. Or it's because you're actually secretly nervous that that this is a temporary situation. And so your body is still trying to like get it all in before the next diet, which is why it's so important to examine the way your mind is working and all of your beliefs around food and all the things you're actually saying to yourself and your subconscious. What to do about it? (sighs) I literally wrote confused, intrigued, 
read my book, The Fuck a Diet, or read the beginning for free at thefuckadiet.com slash free, okay? I know a lot of you have already read it, but for the people who can't, who haven't, um, I talk just so much about what I recommend you do, and there's there are five big tools, and they deal with the emotional and mental pieces of this journey as well, and that is what I recommend for that. I also have, as part of this blog post and episode, I have a link to um, an open access journal, Weight Science, Evaluating the Evidence for a Paradigm Shift. I highly recommend that. Um, sorry, if you're like hearing, she just scratched me again because she's very needy and annoying, my dog. And she's scratching my yoga pants right by the, the microphone. And I just apologize. I mean... That was me slapping her little, like, lightly, like, love patting her little tummy. Yeah, okay. She's so bored. I should probably take her for a walk. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you something else. Remember last week when I said, Hi, guys. (laughs) I want to hear from you. Because I really do. I want you to send me your inspiring success stories to caroline at carolineduner.com and put the word podcast in there somewhere because I'm I set up a filter for them in my email and I want it to be filtered correctly so I want to hear from people who feel like they've gotten over the hump and have kind of gotten past all the the most scary parts at the beginning. Basically, what would you want to tell yourself when you were just starting out on the fuck a diet? Or what would you want to tell other people when they were just starting out on the fuck a diet? A lot of people are starting out, they're really hungry, and they're really scared about it. And they just want to know that they aren't alone and that it's okay to be really hungry and to eat a lot of food and to gain some weight. And, you know, I can say it a million times until I'm blue in the face. I mean, I'm literally like so, so I, I basically am blue in the face right now because I've been so like amped up this entire episode. But it really helps to hear from more people than just me. So I would like the podcast to also be um, a place where people can listen to a couple inspiring Uh, short little stories each time they listen to the podcast so they can calm down a little bit. So today I'm going to read one story that was sent to me from Suzanne. And this is what she said. I can't remember exactly when I found your book, but I believe it couldn't have come at a better time. I'm 40, almost 41. I've obsessed over the scale since I read an article in some teen magazine that said, if you can pinch an inch, you could probably lose some weight. Sometime during the awkward years of middle school. So that's when she read that article in a teen magazine. By my junior year in high school, I was probably clinically anorexic and still not any happier with my appearance. Over the years, I've sought the perfect body, but in my mind, I never achieved. And slowly, not knowingly, was driving up my weight set point. 
So that is often what can happen when we're constantly under eating. Our body is actually readjusting our set points. So it's higher and higher to literally keep us safe for future famines and also the current famine that we're putting ourselves in. That was my little side note. Failed diets coupled with undiagnosed depression ended in significant weight gain and a very lost me. My last diet was keto, which showed promise despite being miserable. But as you probably guessed, I ended up even heavier. Eventually, I found your book. You'll never know how much I needed it or how much hearing from others like me has helped me start healing some deep wounds. Letting go was easy at first until everyone started looking at me like I was crazy, which is a really hard part. Being overweight to start, and now that belongs in quotations because she, you know, is referring probably to overweight BMI, but it's very cultural because it's it's implying that there is a correct weight to be and an incorrect weight to be, which is not true. But culturally, that's what she's referring to. Being overweight to start, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to stop the weight gain ever, but I knew I couldn't approach this the same way I had for almost 30 years. Definition of insanity, right? I just didn't have it in me. With the support of my amazing therapist, I let go. I had a frank discussion with my doctor to shut the fuck up about my weight gain, which honestly had me terrified, and I stayed the path. It took a long time, but finally, my weight stabilized. I don't eat as much. I don't obsess over food like I used to. There was no eat it all before I can't have it this December. It's amazing, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes, I still struggle, but I'm not a slave to food anymore. It's just fucking food. I haven't said this to anyone, but at my last appointment, I lost some weight, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Um, me, Caroline, after I finish reading this. I have a lot of feelings about it, but I don't want to jinx myself. Stupid, I know. But I trust my body so much more. Who knows where 2020 will lead? I couldn't end 2019 without thanking you. You've truly changed my life. Thank you. All the best in 2020, Suzanne. So I hope that anybody who is in the beginning of the fuck a diet takes solace in hearing the words and experience of someone else who was very afraid and had lots of reasons to believe that it wouldn't or couldn't work for them. Um, but I also want to refer to... Uh, well, I want to talk about what she said about how she lost a little bit of weight now that she's sort of gotten past the hump of it and her relationship to food has stabilized. The goal of the fuck it diet is not to lose weight. The goal of the fuck it diet is not to, um, you know, stop caring about food. But when you're in that super obsessed place with food, this the scariest part is giving into that and letting yourself eat all the food that your body is craving and hungry for the big scary thing is that this is never going to end this is irresponsible i shouldn't do this but it is a direct response to the months or years or decades of dieting and if you can trust it your body eventually gets to the point where it it trusts that there will be food and that it doesn't have to be so chemically and metabolically obsessed with food because it is now fed and it is, has been refed and it will continue to be fed. And this takes 
a long time. It takes a different amount of time for every person. And there's no way for me to put a timeline on it for you, which is what's so hard. Well, one of the things that's so hard. So the fact that after trusting that process and gaining weight and letting it happen, that her body has lost a little bit of weight is just another example of how micromanaging weight loss backfires, but trusting your body allows it to do what it needs to do, whatever that happens to be, and it is going to be different for every person, allows your body to do what it needs to do and that you actually can trust it and that eating a lot of food is not a path to eating more and more and more food. It's a path to getting back in tune with your body and having your body be able to communicate with you. So I'm really, really thankful that Suzanne sent that story in and I hope that that's helpful to you. And if you are listening and you have a story that you would like to share with me and with my listeners and people who are in the beginning of this process, you can send it to caroline at carolineduner.com. And you can also record yourself um, saying a voice memo and I can listen to it. And if it fits, I can play part of it or all of it on the podcast if if you would prefer to do that. Um, Yes. So I'm very thankful to everyone who sends stuff in. I'm very thankful to Suzanne and I hope that that was helpful for you. Guys, I actually recorded the first part of this podcast two days ago, and then I went and I re-recorded that that story from Suzanne because when I read it the first time, Molly was waking up from a nap and being very demanding and pushing around all of the things that were on my table and right around my microphone, and I lost it, and I yelled at her, and she got really sad. It was a whole thing, so I just decided to re-record that. Also, um... My my 32nd birthday was yesterday, and my birthday is actually the birthday of the Fuck It Diet, because if you've read my book or heard me say it on this podcast or anywhere else, my epiphany, as I call it, came on my 24th birthday when I made myself 12, like, zero sugar almond flour paleo cupcakes with no frosting. They were not cupcakes. They were like eggs and almond flour. <laughs> they were so gross. And my best friend Annie was visiting me in New York at the time. And I offered her one and she was like, no thanks. And so I ate all of them. And I made myself squash and egg and butter pancakes. And I ate all of them too. And it was like, you know, the millionth binge of my life and paleo was supposed to heal me. And I literally had an epiphany that day. And I have never, I've never turned back since then. So happy birthday to the fuck diet. Happy um, eight year birthday. Is that how you say it? Happy eighth birthday to the fuck diet. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, I guess technically it's May 2020 is the eighth birthday of the fuck a diet, but of my personal fuck a diet before it was named the fuck a diet, it's the eighth birthday. And I'm super thankful to the fuck a diet. I'm super thankful um, to you guys because honestly, like my own fuck a diet would have helped me, right? And it would have been great for me and I would have been doing it all by myself. But the fact that I had whatever you know, that I decided to write about it and then it became a thing that I was able to share with you and a thing that you guys were able to share with other people. It became something so much bigger. And so I'm so thankful to 
both the fuck a diet and to you who listen and do it yourself and share it with people and oh I'm just I am thankful I really really am um so that's all I'm gonna say for now and I will be back in two weeks I'm gonna do this podcast every two weeks that is my new thing sometimes it'll be an interview and a chat with someone sometimes it'll be a new post sometimes it'll be who knows but that's what this is going to be thank you for listening thank you for sharing happy 2020 i'll be back soon